0: Jerk of all trades podcast. We are back, my friends, with another live episode. Another delicious episode, if you will. I don't know if this will be live, but that's all right. It's live I too. I don't know if it'll
1: be delicious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think delicious it'll be yummy. Delicious. I don't know about delicious. It'll be yummy. <laughs> we have a guest. Oh, yes. Joe yes. from those movie podcasts. What is oh, up, my man. friend? Oh, man, butchered the name of his podcast? <laughs> those movies. That's all right. Oh, those oh, movie man. guys. <laughs>
2: right. yeah. We did take a <laughs> shot of <laughs> bourbon before the podcast, and Eddie is fucked up, so.
1: Eddie's <laughs> liquor. <laughs> but holy crap, I'm on Jerk of All Trades, man. Oh, a man, podcast we've been listening to for, I don't know how long. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but... I cannot believe I'm here. Gentlemen, uh, thank you. Cannot thank you enough for inviting me onto the show and super happy to be here. I'm excited.
2: Yes, we are super stoked. Uh, Glad to have you on the fucking podcast, man. So we we definitely have a great show lined up for y'all fools today. Obviously, we have Joe from Those Movie Guys podcast. I will not butcher the name of his podcast. Ah, (laughs) Uh, I can get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you did. I called your ass out on it. So that's good. Uh, we got Eddie. Is uh, He's recovered from his near-death sinus and flu issues.
1: Oh, my so. God,
0: Joe. I was sick, brother.
1: Uh, it happens. So in my line of work, I hang out in hospitals and doctor's offices all day long. And Damn. I think I'm building up an immunity. Like, just being <laughs> in those places, I'm building up, like, this huge force field that puts me... In the way of the flu and sickness but i hate to see it because i see it yeah. all day long so i am glad to hear you are recovering yeah
2: thanks bro be happy you didn't see eddie i did not see eddie i did not invite him into my household while he was sick so i would not i could have
0: used some of that forest field bro it's been 17 days i still got that sinus shit going on that's yeah. right. you've been Boo. shit up all Boo. day long. yeah i'm fighting it spitting out my window and stuff i'm no
2: selling it <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and Ray the Jerk is nearly out of the boot. Uh, I broke my fucking foot in three spots like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and uh, I've been limping my ass around for about uh, about three, almost four weeks now. Yeah, Eddie and the
0: Jerk has not invited
2: Ray over for fear that he
0: might break something.
2: Uh, that is definitely something that I do on the reg is I break things and uh, I broke my foot. I actually broke my toe about two months ago, and I broke my foot about a month ago. So I'm on the comeback trail. Yes, uh, but this
0: podcast yeah. isn't about us. No, week. it is not about this us. This podcast, we want to hear from Joe this week.
2: So Yes, yes. So, Joe, let's fucking kick it off. Let's, let's get started. And uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, man? Where are you from? Uh, what kind of hobbies and shit do you have? What, uh, what do you like to do outside of your podcast, which we'll uh, obviously talk about as well?
1: Uh, okay, so born and raised in the uh, the Thumb of Michigan. I know that uh, people listening can't see that, but I was born and raised over in the Thumb in Port Huron. And at the age of shit what was what was it twenty twenty one? I took off for the Navy. Twenty
0: twenty one, nice twenty twenty one. I Took off
1: the military and ended up in San Diego, California. I did uh, three That's deployments counter narcotics in South and Central America. So you name a country in South or Central America, I've probably been there and chased down a bunch of bad guys and got to blow a lot of things up.
0: Ray, can uh, you name a place in Central America? I,
1: no, but I, right. was gonna say, I was going to say race geography is lacking. I was this actually going to say,
0: "Tegucigalpa." Uh, Where is
2: Tegucigalpa? I was actually going to say you might be on the wrong podcast. He's in the <laughs> counter narcotics fucking task force. I don't know if you've been listening to Jerk of all trades. But this but. <laughs> was uh,
1: yeah. So I did. I did three tours out there, um, chasing bad guys and blowing stuff up, and then I taught for three years, which was honestly one of the highlights of my life. I awesome, love teaching. What did uh, what did you teach? So it was uh, an apprenticeship school. So right after the um, new recruits got out of boot camp, they would come over to us and I would teach them how not to die on the ship. <laughs> that, <Essentially>, is... <laughs> that was the course. Like, Useful. do not die. Yeah, that is don't vital information,
2: dumbass. man. Vital information. How not to die. Learn how to float. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was, Don't be a dumbass. And when I got out of there, I headed out to uh, Oregon. So I was out in Oregon for a while. Um, the Willamette Valley and started with target out there and then ended up in pharmaceuticals and that's where i'm at now so started slanging drugs on the other
2: side can you give me the good shit or what
1: uh no (laughs) i Uh, I don't (laughs) i don't want that
2: stuff anyway so
1: yeah it's all diabetes
0: um
2: (laughs) i gotta work on developing diabetes it's all right both my mom and dad have it so I'm fucking gonna be oh, set, and then you can
0: hook the me up, oh, yeah, man. You're marching.
1: you're marching
2: very clearly you're <laughs> yeah. marching down that road. Definitely oh. in the clear, yeah. But
1: oh. yeah, it was a uh, it was a good deal. And when I was out there, I started talking to Phil. So actually, uh, my co-host Phil, who is on those Move Guys podcast with me, him and I met each the weirdest thing, man. We met each other on the ship in San Diego, and we're probably about an hour apart in Michigan.
0: Oh so we immediately my goodness. Very cool
1: weird connection. And it turns out we both love movies. Nice. So we started talking way back in the day. And then shit, I'd say three, four years ago, we were like, Hey dude, let's, uh, let's lay this thing down. Let's make a podcast. Let's do this Hell and talk yeah. about movies. And, and it's been there ever since.
2: So how long, how long have you guys been doing the podcast for?
1: Uh, we're coming up on two and a half years. So we did, we did a podcast before, which I actually released one episode maybe six weeks ago from the movie mix up was the original podcast, but we tried to do that on location together and it was horrible. Like just, the-
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we're on location
2: right now. I can testify to uh yes. yeah,
1: no, I feel the, yeah. the logistics of getting together and trying to figure it all out. And now we can record the entire show. I do my side, his side, everything on my end, and i cut it and it's out an hour after we stop recording dude
2: that's oh, fucking beautiful. awesome i i read all this stuff online about people who spend just like fucking days just like editing their podcast and i've got it down to a science where it's like we are recording this podcast i am like clipping in a couple areas and throw you know a little little ad in there and that you know it's fucking up so
1: no, i'm yeah. with you dude i'm with you it's it's usually we stop recording at 9 and the the episode is out by 10 it's it's uploaded. It's done. It's cut. It's clean, by ten o'clock. But the the podcast. I mean, all this is it's it's a labor of love. It, it we wouldn't we would still do it if nobody listened to it. Oh, We'd still sure. be out here I, talking.
2: I understand <laughs> we <feel laughs> <Because you. laughs> we're doing the podcast. And no, <laughs> a few people are listening to it, but more people need to listen to our podcast. And if you're not listening right now, why are you not listening? And how are you hearing me? I don't understand.
1: Yeah, and I will, I will, um, I, I can attest, man. It is, Uh, it really is just something you do. It's almost therapy in a way. No doubt, it, man. You set aside some time and you say, you know what? This time is just for me. I have my time for my kids. I've got two kids. I've got my time for work, which I do all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my time for my podcast. I set that aside of time and I'm just like, this is it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make this happen right now. And let's, let's just enjoy the art of film, I guess is. Is where we're at.
0: You gotta have that me time, that little time for yourself yeah. to get away from all all the noise, all the craziness. That's one of the things I take away from I uh, took away from the uh, float tank when me and Ray went to the float tanks in Milwaukee. which we need to do again, man. Yeah, w- which was like, man, all of this noise around me is just like so unnecessary. It, it's just it was so nice being in that tank to not have any. uh any visuals or any sound or anything and just be silent for like an hour. And it was just like, so nice on a
2: podcast though. You're usually not
0: silent, <laughs> but that <laughs> might be the, like the next generation of the podcast
2: is the silent podcast. So
1: I think we're going to get there eventually
0: it's <laughs> a just silent podcast. An, hour, an hour
1: of silence
0: <laughs> that's definitely not the eddie the jerk podcast
2: <laughs> no no that's not the ray the jerk podcast
0: welcome
1: either. to the quiet hour
2: yeah <laughs> oh man dude i'm about to fall asleep here <laughs> is that what we're trying to accomplish with the podcast putting people to sleep i don't know i don't know if that's so, a good call
1: one of, your, one of your uh the first episode i ever listened to of your show was when you guys talked about meditation you guys talked about meditation and you talked about the matrix and you talked about the um, uh, being the juggalo.
2: <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> mix for when when you lay it out like that. It's like there's no way you can just say, all right, what what points are we going to hit on this podcast? Uh, that's not normally something that you see. You don't see a lot of meditating juggalos out there. No. But uh, I'm sure that there are a few. I was looking for the, bl- the only black juggalo out there and I never found him. And uh, if you're out there, I want you to call into the podcast. We don't have a phone number set up, but uh. it, hit, it hit so many <laughs>
1: points being from Michigan. I've, um, and, and when you were talking about, uh, cause I think you said you went to the misfits, you yep. took your homie to the misfits and then he took you to ICP. <laughs> and I was thinking the, the show I would have taken you to, because I actually went to it and this was Halloween. This was devil's night. Um, Oh shit! It was a long time ago, but it was Devil's Night. I actually saw ICP and Guar together. Guar and ICP is the show Dude, to see. Dude,
2: I've I've seen Guar before. I actually so I, I have an interesting story with Guar. So Guar plays, or I, I don't think they do it anymore. But uh, where I'm at, they play in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. They play at a place called the rave, and they play there uh, pretty uh, like every Halloween. They would play there, and every single year, I'd want to go see. Uh, guar and I would just, it never fucking happened for me. And I, I go to a lot of shows and just, it just never happened. And I remember one year I was at work and a buddy of mine, uh, sort of, but you know, roundabout buddy, uh, was like, dude, I had these tickets to go see guar, uh, like leading up to Halloween, the Halloween show. And I, uh, I can't go. And do you want these tickets? So I ended up taking the tickets. I took my uh, my new at the time girlfriend to go see Guar, and uh, we just had an absolutely fucking incredible time. Uh, it was awesome. She uh, she didn't want to go up and like see Guar and like get fucking pelted with blood from, you know, like Queen Elizabeth's like ripped off tits. Uh, <laughs> but I made her I made her do it anyway. And she did. And it was amazing. And uh, I think maybe a month later, somewhere around that, uh, Odorous uh, from Guar died.
1: And so I was uh, like dude, when when Dave died, that was that was really hard on me. So I wasn't even the biggest guar fan. But growing up, I had so many friends who were huge into Guar. And I, I grew to love Guar. And when Dave died, the whole band died with him. So and true, it was man. Super sad, man. Uh, drugs are bad. Uh, <laughs> drugs, bad. Drugs are bad. Don't drugs do drugs. Yeah. I wouldn't say drugs are bad, but heroin's bad.
2: Heroin. We are not advocating heroin on the podcast, although we have advocated all drugs being legal, and that would include heroin. But that's because I think that less people are going to do it because it's legal. But uh, yes, absolutely. That was, and the, it's better than the shit they give you to
0: treat it.
1: You, uh, you know what? Oh As a God. person who lives in the pharmaceutical world, I would agree with you. Yes. Um, man, the stuff I've seen, I could tell you stories for days and days and days about people in offices trying to get narcotics. It's a, it's a sad world, man. It's a sad world in the, in the pharmaceutical world. I'm happy. I work in diabetes because that shit is real. <laughs> and and yeah. it's around us every day, but um yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're talking about sad things. Let's I know. About-
2: Why are we talking about yeah. sad shit? We're talking how about we like, fucking opioid addiction. Let's talk about how to cure the fucking like opioid uh, fucking epidemic that's going on in this world. Probably. I want to know
0: bar know more about those movie guys. So what you what can listeners expect when they tune into the those movies guys podcast?
1: Oh man, the biggest thing is uh we we pride ourselves on being a show where every movie is somebody's favorite. And we we try our best not to hate on everything. We might say, "Yeah, that movie was that movie was dog shit," but <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we try not to hate on well, it immediately call it. Yeah,
1: let's talk
2: <laughs> this about. This movie it. was straight up dog but shit. The, I feel you though, man. You got to have you got to have a strong <laughs> opinion. But yeah, At you want to be end end positive, man. Day-
1: it's a celebration of the art form. And, you know, we go through a lot of the um, like the box office numbers. We go through a lot of movie news. But at the end of the day, it's just a place where you can come and hang out and hear a couple dudes talk about movies because we really do. Man, We would be doing the podcast. And that's the thing. The podcast started because we realized we were doing it day after day without the microphones in front of us. <laughs> so we were doing it all day long. Phil and I talked about movies back and forth all the time. Just two dudes who really like movies. You and just that's didn't what this guys is all about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You develop that rapport with someone. And I mean, I think that's why, uh, Eddie and I started this podcast is that we've been friends for so, so fucking long. And, you know, as a listener of the podcast, you're, you know, probably aware, uh, there never has there been more, uh, two different people, uh, Eddie and I, while well, we have some, you know, some common links, we're definitely, um, we've got a lot of differences and you wouldn't think that, you know, we would be, uh, we would click like we do, but, Uh, We managed to just click and we just have uh, we just have, you know, a natural rapport. And, you know, we've been friends for so long and we could just shoot the shit about anything. And so, you know, it it just we've been talking about it for so, so long. We just came up on the one year of the podcast and we absolutely fucking love doing it, man.
1: Like I, I think that's what makes a podcast good is I will listen to any podcast. If someone is passionate about what they're talking about, I don't care what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You could be talking about basket weaving and I'm okay with that. (laughs) As long as you're really into it and you're like, yeah, I put this pass over here, do this over there. But as long as somebody's super into what they're talking about, I'm, I'm on board, man. And I think podcasting is a, um, it is, it's an amazing, it's interesting in that it's personal. You almost feel like you develop a relationship with the people that you're listening to. Yeah. You know, there's five or six shows that I listen to weekly. You guys are one of them. So thank oh, you. Thank oh, you, man, for being yeah. out there. But thank you. It it, it really is this. Um, you get to know these individuals and you you learn their their quirks and you learn the back and forth. But the biggest thing is, is someone passionate about it? And if they are, that's what makes a podcast good. That's what makes all of it good.
0: I agree. The first podcast I ever listened to was the Joe Rogan Experience And his rapport with uh, Eddie Bravo really connected me to uh, Joe Rogan and like his rapport with Red Band, like his producer Red Band. So it was really cool for me, like when I first started listening to podcasts, very similar to what you were talking about. You build a rapport with who you're listening to. And uh, without Joe Rogan, I probably wouldn't even be doing a podcast.
1: No, I mean I've listened to Joe Rogan. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you. No, no, you're good, man. You're good. This, yeah, is, this I, is. I've it. listened to Joe Rogan. I've listened to a lot of the big heavy hitters. Actually, it was Kevin Smith that got me into podcasting. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith, even when he does weird shit like Yoga Hosers. And you know. I, I
2: haven't been able to bring myself to watch that yet.
1: I would say give it a go because the bratsies are a must. Nazi Nazi uh, bratwurst. <laughs> how can you go wrong? Jesus. Uh, but, <laughs> But he was the one who really, really brought me into it and a lot of the traveling I did across the country. But, um, you, like you said, you know, you get this, this rapport with people. But what I've learned uh, over the past couple of years is that it's not even the big podcast, it's not the Joe Rogan's or the Kevin Smith's, it is the Dan and Cody's of the world. You know, I am super good friends with this cat named Josh from Film House Podcast. Me and this dude are both horror junkies like we live on horror movies and so me and yeah. this dude being able to and the fact that we talk back and forth almost daily like hey have you seen this have you seen that blah 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 blah, blah. but it's just an amazing community to be a part of and I'm, i just love that man i love this um people expressing ideas in a way that we're bringing things into the world it's dude. not destructive <laughs> at all it's creative we're creating things and and putting things out into the world that are good And are uplifting and there's no negativity in it. I love podcasting for that reason.
2: Dude, that's so cool that you said that. Eddie and I were actually just talking right before the podcast. And I believe word for word, we talked about that. And it's just, it's, it's fucking incredible. I think it's just, to me, it's just really mind blowing because I think back to, you know, I mean, I'm not old. Uh, but uh, I'm not young either, and I think back to you know the the 18 year old us, and we definitely did not have an outlet like this. We did not have the ability to just be able to record ourselves and just put it out into you know cyberspace and put it out into the world and put these ideas and things out into the universe. And now we do, and now people have that voice. I mean, the overhead on being able to start your own podcast and get your voice out there and what you think and what you believe in is such a low threshold now that it's, it's just, it's fucking incredible, man. It's, it's really cool. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're super passionate about it. And obviously you're super passionate about it as well. And, uh, it's fucking amazing, man.
1: It, re- uh, it really is, man. It's, um, it, it it's just a whole, it's, it's weird. Cause it's this whole world that people, do- I don't feel a lot of people know exists. No. When I oh, tell people sure. I have
2: my own podcast, like Many people's eyes, like, they don't understand.
0: Like, yeah, Try telling the 65-year-old you have your own <laughs> radio show.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they might know, understand that.
0: 150 We're, people listen to it every what week. What do I tune in on the AM really a radio
1: now. You know, though, honestly, I wish so. Um, when I was on the ship uh, four or five, six years ago, when I was on the ship, whenever we'd get a small break, I used to listen to this old radio show called Suspense. And it was these old radio dramas, these horror dramas. Yeah, the serials. I, I, I hope that we get there. I hope that people will eventually take this podcasting thing and turn it back into the radio drama and give us a long form storytelling. That would be cool. You know, crazy stories and things like that. But I feel like we are really in this weird world, man. We're in this weird place where we, I've never felt like I'm on the ground floor of something. And podcasts have been around for a long time, but they really are starting to take hold and replace radio. Oh, 100%, man.
0: 100%. Oh, yeah. You can listen to when a you podcast. See big time companies like ESPN and like NBC, or not NBC, but some of the bigger companies in, in media. NPR. Yeah, NPR. They have right. they have a new when they're coming out with their own podcasts. You know, right. podcasts are changing.
2: NPR the game. is going to have their own, or I think they already do. They have their own daily podcast now. Yeah, like I see that's going to be like the the you new do. thing, like the the daily podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, one hundred percent, man. We're definitely on the ground floor of something that's just like unique and different. Uh, and I think people are going to uh, catch up eventually, but not uh, not quite yet. So. Hopefully, at yeah, that point, our, our podcast will, will be there for them, and uh, we'll have a uh, cornucopia of amazing episodes for yes, them to listen yes, to. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, Joe is a, a connoisseur of movies, so I want to get to the movie talk here. Let's do it. Let's talk about some movies, Joe. Hit me well, with some good movies to do talk it. about. Do you remember the first movie you ever saw in a movie theater? Oh, um,
1: that's tough. So I think I do... Because I and think me and Ray know.
2: I, I do I was... remember. I have a distinct memory.
1: Yeah, I think I do. Um, one of the first ones, I I probably ever remember seeing my grandfather, who shouldn't have taken me to this. He should not <laughs> ah, have that's taken all right. me. We don't but judge. I remember my grandfather <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. Taking, me the, uh, taking me to see Speed. Oh, Speed. That's a good movie. I saw
2: that in the theater as well.
1: Yeah, I remember Speed blowing me away, and it was it was just all of these. You know though? Even before that, I remember my mother taking me to um, 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dude,
2: that's that's my se- that's I think that's oh, my second
1: movie. That's a good one. My
2: my first movie was I saw the original Batman uh, with Michael oh, Keaton,
0: Tim Burton. Uh, You're old as fuck, right? <laughs> you know what though? You know what, though? I'm
1: with you because I do remember seeing Batman and begging my mother to take me to see Child's Play, and
2: she. Oh, man. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't cool enough. I didn't get to see Child's Play at at the theater. I got to see it uh, on VHS, like, waiting at the – going to the video store all the time and just, like, waiting for, like, all the new fucking –
0: You guys are going to be super impressed by my movie. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. What (laughs) do you got? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. What?
2: In the movie theaters. <laughs> first that, movie ever. How was that your first movie? What year did that come out? Like 1943? I what? believe. Uh,
1: it was, well, I, I believe they didn't take you to a movie theater. They took you to the basement of a church.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Watch it there. Yeah, I think they came out with it again in 87. What, else, what else happened at that fucking
2: basement church, Eddie? I became a man. My
0: ho. Hi ho. It's off the work I go. Uh, what kind of work do you do?
2: Oh <laughs> man. I remember so I saw Batman was my first movie that I saw. And I remember just distinctly uh and Eddie will remember this and obviously Joe you won't know this cuz you have never been to this movie theater but uh it was uh, Market Square Theater uh, ah, which was in town yes. here and uh I I just remember like after seeing Batman and obviously there's like a a, a famous moment, you know, where his parents get killed, obviously. And I just remember uh, being so scared as I like walked with my parents after the movie and we were walking down this long hallway where there was like all these like shops and stuff that used to be open. Cause this theater eventually like went away and we got a new theater, grand theater here, whatever. And, uh, I just remember walking down that and just being so terrified that some dude was going to come out and like try to fucking kill my parents. <laughs> but <laughs> my mom didn't have a pearl necklace on. Oh God. <laughs>
1: You know, though, I, I, the one thing I remember about Batman, because I do remember seeing it in the theater, so it was probably Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then Speed. But with Batman, it was the score. That Danny Elfman score. Oh scored. my god, man. Just fucking Talked incredible. Forever. And it still sticks with me. Everything about that is, and I argue people all the time, um, I will say it is my favorite. I know it's not the best, but Batman Returns is my favorite Batman movie. I absolutely love the the Christmas in Gotham, the um, the whole idea of of Catwoman being there, Penguin being there, Max Shreck being there. The fact that we got Max Shreck being in this world, it was just it was Gotham at Christmas. That is everything I want. But the original Batman, I just remember that score. I remember it opening up that bum 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 bum, buta ba bum. And then, oh, man, it was was eight year old me. That was perfect, dude.
2: I mean, there's no denying just an amazing, amazing fucking movie. Those first two Batman movies are just amazing Uh, as you move on to the uh, the Joel Schumacher uh, era. (laughs) Maybe not as much at that point. But uh, yeah, those first couple movies are just okay. So
1: have you ever seen the episode of uh, Batman, the animated series where they bring them all in? When they have other, they are all children, and you've got Frank Miller hanging out with Tim Burton, and they're all kids, and they're like, "I remember Batman like this," and then it kind of goes into this world, and then Schumacher shows up, and he's got this huge fluffy boa around his neck. (laughs) He's like, "I want Batman to be this." And I, I just absolutely love that because it embodies everything that Batman was throughout those first four
2: movies. Oh my god. Nice. Oh, bat nipples like nobody's fucking uh, business.
0: Bat nipples,
1: man. <laughs> bat nipples were hot. Oh, man. Die.
0: So what are your favorite favorite movies, Joe? Oh, genres? okay. So I mean, if you can two, kind um, of sum it up. <laughs> number
1: number one has always been Hitchcock Psycho. Ooh. Because Dude, a fucking classic movie. It, it, it's not only a classic, but shot for shot, it is a masterpiece. Like Hitchcock did something that nobody else was able to do at the time. He took a and I don't know if you ever read Psycho. The Psycho book is trash. It's pulp trash. You could read it. You could kind of throw it out. He took this thing and turned it into a a just a vision of psychosis and a vision of uh humanity you know that nobody had seen up until this point a a lead character go 50 minutes into the film and then die dude uh,
2: i i will tell you that, that's a
1: quality pick that's i will tell you that
2: pick. so i actually did not see so as a giant fucking horror fan i actually did not see psycho until maybe i don't know 10 to 12 years ago. I I was way, way late in the game. And uh, I always, I always struggled with things like pre like Kubrick, like Kubrick to me was like, just like, it really just changed uh, the, the genre of film. And uh, so I saw psycho for the first time. And like, I was just completely blown away at that point. Just like what a fucking turn in a film, like just absolutely masterful man
1: nobody had done that before and anthony perkins as norman bates is undeniably one of the scariest characters ever because he's so lovable and that's what makes somebody terrifying absolutely If if you can love a character and he scares the shit out of you that really freaks me out like i love this dude I think he's great. You know, he's sitting there and doing his taxidermy and doing all this stuff and the other. Um, But the fact that you can love him and be terrified by him at the same time freaks me out. Um, Next to that, I would say Kurosawa Seven Samurai. I've watched it. Another classic. I've watched it. Man, I don't know how many times. uh, Two, two, three dozen times. Um, Absolute, just a masterpiece. And he put the motion in motion picture. And that's what I love. He was able to tell a story without using words. And that, I think, really takes a good director. If he can use the camera as a character and tell you a story, unbelievably good. And then the uh, I have to show this because I just got it. But uh, I picked up this. This is an original 1982 Dark Crystal Lunchbox. Oh, my God, man. That, that is I there a
2: thermos in there that's the question is there a thermos <laughs>
1: oh no, no, it's not i'm trying to find it <laughs> they never um, have thermoses but jim anymore. henson jim henson is my dude uh i'm a huge fan of puppeteering oh my god! now oh, we're man. talking yeah oh my
0: god.
1: <laughs> so mean, the dark crystal is another one i watched it two nights ago probably for the 20 30th time i don't know how many times <laughs> i've seen that movie but um anybody who can who can create a world but it's tangible and that's what I like. I, I love CGI and we can talk about Infinity War, or all any new uh other Marvel movies, but I love a world that's tangible and I feel like I could reach out and touch it. True. Sure. No but doubt, it does man.
2: Exists. It exists in the world. Dude, you I, I mean? <laughs> it's so true, man. Like, so like as a huge, huge 80s horror buff, like Dude, you know, practical effects, puppeteering. I mean, you know, the the fucking...
1: Just say the thing.
2: (laughs) The thing. (laughs) I was going to say the fucking thing. I mean, it's still like 1982. It's still... Holds up to this fucking day, um, yeah, absolutely. That physical fucking form right there, like I don't care how good CGI is, I would much rather see a practical effect. It just like it immerses me in that world so so much more than even the best CGI could ever possibly do. Um, and I'm just like I'm blown away. I love seeing like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I love seeing. I-, I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, do you have uh, Do you have Shutter? Uh, yeah. do you- Okay, so like the core is like amazing. And I love that they, you know, they bring the the effects guy in every week and they show you like they do an effect and they show you like exactly like how that played out. And I'm just like I'm fucking blown away because it is I mean, obviously, CGI is an art form as well. But practical effects are such a fucking art form. They
1: are a thousand percent better than any CGI you'll ever give me. Um, I'm a huge Argento fan. Oh my
2: god, dude! Come on, man. Hey, what do you th- what do you think about the uh, the Argento? Uh, what do you think about Suspiria remake that's uh, coming out?
1: Okay, so I have very very serious thoughts about this thing. I want it to work so bad. Of course, like I, I want it to be. I don't want to hate on anything, but no, no, I don't want to hate. But at the same time, how can you remake that? Is my question. How do you take? a piece of gold and make it shinier is I, the hard part because and and for people like us who really dig on this kind of filmmaking and this honestly this is Argento song. he oh. didn't do anything <laughs> I mean I, opera opera was great uh demon was Deep great run, yeah. but this really is his his masterpiece no how doubt. do you take this and make it better that is my my biggest qualm with this thing is why I guess the question is why, why are you remaking one of the greatest horror films of all time? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know.
2: You know, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I, I feel like, so Trent Reznor is like doing the soundtrack to this thing, right? Is that right? Yes. I think. Okay. So, I, I mean,
1: so, yeah.
2: I mean, but, dude, I, I saw fucking. I, I saw Goblin live and I got to see them perform, like, as, like, Susperia and, like, fucking Dawn of the Dead and, like, everything played in the background. They would play the fucking soundtrack. Dude, it's absolutely fucking incredible. But, dude, I. I mean, I feel like their heart is in the right place w- with this, but I feel like some people's heart is probably in the wrong place because obviously, there's a name value value to Sisperia. And you know, they want to remake it because people are they going to make money. They're going to talk about it, you know, they're they, going talk
1: they, they really want to make money, and that is where I am uh, Oh, I just want it to work. Oh, I really I hope it works. It work.
2: I saw the first image. It actually, it looked pretty fucking cool. Like, she's got, like, her, like, dress pulled down, and she's got a giant vagina on her chest. <laughs> Eddie, are you ready to watch the Suspiria remake? No.
0: <laughs>
2: you should really... So, Eddie Eddie is definitely not a whore buff, so... But I, feel, I really feel like he's missing out on things. Dude, like... Suspiria just like is a visual fucking masterpiece. I will say that like as a huge Italian horror fan, like I love fucking like Argento, obviously Uh, I love Fulci. um, storytelling is not the key to the Italian horror film. Like I can't tell you how many Italian horror films, like I'm like, all right, I'm watching this movie for like the 10th time. I'm like, I'm going to fucking pay attention to every goddamn thing in the fucking movie, and I'm definitely going to understand everything about it. And then, like, halfway in, I'm like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Like, that guy <laughs> definitely didn't do it. What the fuck?
1: Uh, I would agree with you. I mean, <laughs> with with Argento, with Fulci, even when you see stuff like The Beyond, where it's— One of my favorite I mean,
2: movies of all time.
1: It is. It is a crazy story to begin with, but with *Suspiria*, it was all about the the, the mood, like the she visuals a story with light and color. Dude, the like, last movie to be people. filmed in Technicolor, right? And now a lot of people can do that. They don't tell you a story with colors, and you see these crazy colors across the spectrum, and they say, "Okay, I'm going to feel a cool pellet. Now I'm going to feel a warm pellet. Now I'm going to feel this. Now I'm going to feel that." He told psyche, an amazing man. story and I I love all of his other stuff but uh, I just want it to work. I want it to work. <laughs> it There's can be frustrating.
2: Work. Yeah, so uh so I have to ask so like uh you know I I love uh I'm a huge fan uh, like of Drive, for example, I think is an amazing, amazing fucking movie, um, you know, stuff like that. I love it. There's like this renaissance of that type of filmmaking that you have just like these movies that like obviously the story is there. It means something, but you have just like that visual element that's like really um, at the forefront of that, you know, like you can just watch the breakdown of like the sin, like I've watched like YouTube videos of the cinematic breakdown of like, you know, why, why is like, why is this face here in comparison to this character down here? And like, why is this color palette this way? And like these two Colors together, like you know, give you a certain feeling. Like, I, I just think that's so fucking incredible because, uh, you know, I, I think cinema can just be so so fucking deep and so cerebral and just like get into your like subconscious mind. And I love that, uh, that there are filmmakers that are still doing that kind of type, uh, that type of thing. Um, and it just it's fucking incredible. Well, I man. think
1: we we live in the world now where the people who are us are making movies. The people who were inspired by all of these things growing up are now making films, which is incredible. And I love Big Box Office. I think it's great. There's so many of the... I loved Infinity War. I love Black Panther. I love all the stuff that came out. But I think there's a lot of these cats who are just going into this now and saying, hey, I'm going to make this, um, this, this thing that I want to make. And I want to tell this story. One of my favorite movies of the last... Probably five years was Lucky. I don't know if you oh a-
2: dude, I've I actually own Lucky uh, on DVD. I actually uh, I bought a copy from like the video store, like when I was going out of business. And uh, yeah, dude, that is an amazing, amazing that fucking is, movie, man.
1: filmmaking. that's filmmaking. That is telling a story with film in a way that at the end of it, I'm like, okay, I felt something, and that's what I want from a movie. I want to feel something, dude. True. I want you to tell me a story that punches me in the chest and makes me feel something. And I think there's so many of these cats out there doing this thing um, in the horror genre it's it's give or take there's there's here and there one of my favorites uh terrifier i don't know if you saw oh,
2: dude i so terrifier actually uh Ray i've actually seen
0: every horror movie all right so in the of life. <laughs> i actually
1: uh
2: i actually had uh i had a uh friday the 13th party this year and i had terrifier the original short that was on youtube nice. uh that i actually i, I think i saw maybe 2012 ish uh that was one of the movies that I had planned because it's just it's so fucking visceral. And it's just like, pe- like people would see it and they're just like, what the fuck is that? Like, dude, that's right. fucking terrifying. Uh, I was so, so excited uh, that he was uh, going to create a full length. He made uh, he made like a sort of like where he took clips of that and he like interspliced it. How uh, Hall- all Hallows Eve, I think. He's and I know,
1: right. Uh, I think it's the cat who does all that. Yes, Damien Damien
2: Leone. Yeah. Uh and yeah, he's been on he's been on my list of like filmmakers uh, that are just like I am I'm, I'm really excited Terrifier the full length was actually really good and so I'm really oh, excited. Solid. I'm really excited that he's uh he's done that. One of my favorite fucking filmmakers without a doubt is Jamie Saloner uh, who created Green Room oh. and Blue Ruin. Uh, murder Party, which is one of my favorite fucking. Dude,
1: Blue Ruin was a uh, man. That was that was. I'm getting chills, man. That was a, that chills, was a gut <laughs> punch. That was a gut punch. punch. It's um from start to finish, that thing is just in your face and makes you feel. And again, I I keep coming back this to road, that, man. but it really makes you like holy shit! Like this is really happening. Like this story and immersive, you know, stories, man. uh, you know, historically we've told stories to prevent people from doing things or to encourage people to do things. And when we get a good story nowadays, it's hard because I love the world we live in. We live in a world where you get like 10 new movies, video on demand every day. No it's almost what. too, it, it's almost too
2: much, man. It's almost too much. I, uh...
1: but at the same time it is okay. What am I willing to spend my time on? So when you yes. find a blue ruin, or when you find a terrifier, it's almost a huge breath of fresh air. It's just like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. Thank you for giving me this.
2: That's what I live for as a film fan, man. I I live for finding that like diamond in the rough. Like it reminds me of like, you know, being a kid and like seeing all the fucking like big box VHS tapes and like grabbing that new, like fucking horror movie that like I hoped would be amazing. And like it ended up sucking and maybe at one point it was fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, we have that same type of thing, but it's just, there's so much more plethora, like all these like streaming platforms, um, Just there's so much content out there and you really just have to wade through all this different stuff. But, you know, occasionally you just find that movie that just like it fucking floors you and you just watch it and you're just blown a fucking way by how amazing it is. And like there's nothing better to me than like finding that new filmmaker that I'm just like. Like I remember seeing Murder Party for the first time and just being Murder like Murder
1: Party is so good.
2: Oh my God. I, I saw it. And I was just like, I laughed my fucking ass off and I just loved every second of it and like all the fucking like references. Uh just amazing as a film fan. Like, how could you not love that? And uh just being like this dude right here. Uh another one for me is Astron 6, uh, who did Father's Day uh recently, uh The Void, Manborg. Um uh, just void was solid. Dude, just Amazing, amazing fucking like dudes. And I was just like, it's so cool to like watch them like in their infancy and like see, you know, a, a group of people that are just passionate about something and see them like start to create something and just be like, you know, t- talking to people like, dude, you gotta fucking, you gotta see Father's Day. Like, and just showing people, even like people who are not like fans of that type of thing. And they're not gonna get those references as much because they don't watch 70s exploitation movies, but, um, uh, Just seeing, you know, people enjoy that and then just watching, like, these, like, budding filmmakers and, like, seeing their careers just start to take off. It's just. All right. So my
1: question for you is because I'm always curious. What is the one movie that got you into horror? What was the one? What was the one where you were like, this is what I like? I really like this right here.
2: So I I think for me, and even though it's not, you know, the fucking greatest fucking franchise of all time, for me, the, the thing that initially clicked me with horror without a doubt was the Friday the 13th franchise. Right on. Like, I just remember just seeing those fucking covers and just like I remember seeing like. Friday the 13th part five. I remember seeing that cover, which like the cover is not indicative of like the movie. You have that like different hockey mask with like the lights glowing through it. And I just remember seeing that VHS and just like wanting to fucking see that movie. And I don't even remember what the first Friday the 13th was that I saw, but that was just like, that was the franchise that I just like, I, I fucking delved into. Um, the evil dead is another one. That's just like, like how can you not watch evil dead evil dead Two And just be like, this is it. Like this. Is- I
1: had the so a quick plug for the podcast. I had the opportunity to talk to Tom Sullivan, um, about all his effects work on The Evil Dead. Awesome. It was oh, it was amazing, man. Tom was he was an amazing guest. But the uh, the Evil Dead really and being from Michigan, I mean that is kind of our our home tree. That is that yes. is what we we grow from <laughs> in horror films. But I'm with you on Friday, man. I remember watching it as a kid. And just being, not even understanding what the hell was going on, but I, my mother, I love the woman; she's a saint. But she was letting us watch this at like six years old, <laughs> six, seven years old. <laughs> yeah, I
2: definitely had didn't have the best parental supervision either, but uh right. it worked out for me for sure.
1: Yeah, it it, it did, man. I was a Halloween guy. Oh, uh, dude, Michael Myers, the is, original is Halloween. Old. Yeah, Halloween four was the one I remember watching all the time. That opening sequence where they have the barn and the uh, there's like a scarecrow or a uh, like a pumpkin on a stick or some shit like that. Yeah. And seeing that, and then it's like Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Oh, man. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. And it still invokes those feelings in me. Like this, this weird feeling I get that this is where I belong. And 100%. I'm okay with that. Like Hol- I'm
0: okay with being in this place. Halloween kind of reminds me of Psycho a little bit. A hundred percent, man. Definitely. And uh, what's that Jack Nicholson movie? The Shining, man. The, Shining. the fucking Shining, dude.
2: One yeah. of the like one of one of if not the best uh, horror films of all time. I have a discussion. There's a guy that I talk to online a lot. Uh, his name is uh, Don. Uh, shout out to Don. And, uh, what up, Doug? <laughs> he, uh, yeah, we, we have a discussion. all the time. He's a huge, huge Stephen King fan and he hates Kubrick. Uh, and so
1: <laughs> he's always
2: shitting all over the shining and like, you know, how he bastardized like Stephen King's like vision. And I'm just like, I mean, Stephen King's adaptations suck most of the time. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'm sorry, like I've read, I've read King and it's all right. But dude, what, what fucking Kubrick created in the shining is just like, there's an entire oh, documentary was, about all of the different nuance of that film. I mean, come on. It was a classic. Shining
1: sure. was was genius. And you mentioned Halloween and Psycho. You gotta you gotta throw it out there that Sam Loomis, the uh the boyfriend of Marion's sister, was named Sam Loomis and was the doctor in Halloween. There you go. It all yeah. ties together. Oh my god. <laughs> there it is, piecing it all together. <laughs> the um the Shining Man, it's uh I remember seeing The Shining the first time, and I was 13-year-old, 13-year-old me, watched (laughs) The Exorcist for the first time in my mother's basement all by myself, and I've never been scared like that before in my life. Mm. Like that, to me, is what a good movie does. And I don't care if it's a romantic comedy. I don't care if it's just comedy in general or a horror movie. But if a movie makes you feel, and that's what I want from a movie, I want to feel— Make me feel something. I don't care what it is—scared, happy, sad, whatever the case may be. But *The Shining*, I remember doing that, and *The Exorcist*, I remember really scaring the shit out of me. And I read the book for the first time a couple of years ago. The book terrified me so much more than the movie, just because that—that's horrible. Like the the whole black church—they get into um, kind of the the satanic part of it in the book. But I want—I just want to feel. That's all I want. Absolutely. And um, from any movie, make me happy, make me sad, make me anything. And I watch probably a dozen movies a week. And I think that's fair for most people. Well,
0: maybe we well, have a podcast that, talking yeah. about movies. You better be watching. It's probably some more. I will here. tell you what, that's
2: probably more than most people. Cause I can tell you, even my, even my friends, I've got a, I've got a good friend that's like into offbeat fucking movies, like, you know, things like I like. And so it's always cool. Like, uh, he had actually never seen reanimator before. Like I was like fucking blown away. Like you've never seen reanimator. And so I got to like me, him and his, uh, his wife got to sit down and watch reanimator. And I just got to like be a geek and like, try not to like constantly look at them to see like what the
0: reactions were. <laughs> well, talking <laughs> about movies that make you feel in a, a specific emotion, I'm thinking like Crash. I'm thinking like Pursuit of Happiness, and a movie for me that was big was Scarface. Scarface. So, say hello, okay, man. so
1: oh, wait man. before we get to Scarface, and we can talk about Scarface. Okay, uh, Crash and Pursuit of Happiness. Those are human emotions.
2: 100 oh, yeah. percent, man.
1: Yeah, they make you feel very um in tune i guess with the world that's going on around us more than anything else
2: sure yeah and i think you nailed it man like a a great movie it it doesn't have to be in a particular genre or make you feel a certain thing but it's got to make you feel something and i mean that's like to me like what what cinema is what film is is you know it's more than just a movie it's like this is like these are like moving pictures that you're watching and like like you have to like disconnect yourself from like you know the fact that you're watching something that's clearly not real And you if they can do that successfully and they can get you to disconnect and they can get you to connect with the story that they're telling and get you to feel personalities, the character,
0: like the character in the movie. Scarface was a dick. Tony Montana was a dick. And I was cheering him on at the end. Like, don't die. Don't die. Keep going. I was
1: cheering on. um, But that's the rags to riches story. Yes, it it is. It is the the idea that. I can come from nothing and become everything. Identifiable, yeah. man. Yeah, that's what that's what Tony Montana was and you know what Pacino killed it. Oh, 100% Absolutely killed it 100%. in that role. There is um I mean a few movies I I could argue he's better in Heat. I think his I portrayal in Heat was unbelievably good and even um what's the one where he's the blind guy? Uh son of a not son of a woman. Um What's the one where I, he's the blind Marine? It's not marine? Devil's
0: Advocate, is it?
1: No. No, it's not Devil's Advocate. The one where he plays the blind Marine and the hooyah, hooyah over and over and over again. Hold well, on, um, Google, huh. help me out.
2: Blind blind guy it's... movie with <laughs> Al Pacino. Yeah. Blind guy movie. Scent <laughs> of, of, of a
0: Woman. It is. Scent of Woman. Woman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's yes. what I was thinking.
1: But him in that one is, is unbelievably good. And you could even go back to Pacino as the godfather. But I oh, think yeah. what people love about. Um, you know Scarface is we love an anti hero, 100%. We love man. an anti hero, it's one of the greatest, um, cultural phenomenons. I would say, even the past 30 years, it has really become to or, or bubbled to the surface. And that we just love this idea of a bad guy who we can relate to 100%. Man. Everyone in them has this idea of I could be bad. I could be this person, so you can relate to that. Or still be good too. You
0: You can be bad and still be good at the same time, right?
2: Right. Right. Absolutely. I think that's humanity, though. Like no, no, you know, no man is truly good. No man is truly evil. You know, like everyone has that like mix of emotions. And even if you you go out into the world and you like present this like image of yourself, um, whatever it might be, you know, that's not the true indicative. Uh, nature of who you truly are because you have all this different mix of things within you. And uh, yeah, a hundred percent, the anti-hero, like especially the the world that we live in and uh, you know, the, the, the land of the free, but you know, you have all of these barriers and uh, all these things that, you know, prevent you from doing certain things. And like, you know, there's this rebellious nature in humans. And I think that a story like Scarface really speaks to that.
0: Yeah. I- Rebellions are built on hope. Yes. And <laughs> yes. that's what we're doing, man. We we got a lot of hope and we're no, but I, for I mean days. I would completely agree with that.
1: It is uh the dichotomy of men, you know, we, we all exist in this world, but we we manifest our ideas in, in different ways, and to be able to place yourself in his shoes is really a cool thing. Like, and that's what, what cinema does for us is to be able to put yourself into that place and a lot of people I wrote a paper in um, grad or not grad school, but uh, when I was in undergrad about the relationship of horror movies and the wars that are going on in the world. And, you know, you look back at the 40s and the 50s and you see a very clear black and white. You know, when we were fighting World War II, everybody wore uniforms. There was good guys. There was bad guys. You get into the late 60s and the 70s, you get into more of the in-your-face horror, the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, the deranged of the world, and you see this kind of blurred line. And then we even get into the 90s where it was horror can be in your back door. And I think there there really is this weird relationship between who we are and what we see on the screen because we want to feel safe. We want to be able to watch things from a safe place. Is the biggest thing. We want to be able to look at it and say, okay, if I was in that situation, this is what I would do. And even in happiness, or even in something like a Scarface, I think Scarface is an anomaly because it really stands alone, um, and it'll stand the test of time forever. Yep. People always watch that movie, but we need to be able to look back and and say, this is what I was seeing because I wanted to be able to put myself in that position.
0: Well, it, it humanized him in the movie. Right. He was a family man. You know, he had a mother. He had a sister. He had a best friend that he always hung out with. And uh, it humanized him more so than most other movies. Uh, I
1: would agree. I it, mean, as far as... I, you could argue that Godfather did the same thing many years before it, but...
0: I'm still Scarface over Godfather, for sure. Are you really? Oh, oh yeah. my god! We're I mean, I anymore. like Scarfa- or Scarfather. <laughs> you like the Scarfather? Yeah, I like Godfather oh. 2. Godfather 2 is probably my favorite Godfather. Uh, obviously, three is the best. Three is nobody's favorite Godfather. <laughs> Said no one no ever. <laughs> but uh, one and two are very good. Um, but uh, two is my favorite. And, and it humanized uh, Michael Corleone. You know, he had the wife and the kids, and he had the family trying to protect everybody. And uh, it, it was really, really cool. I think that's something we can all relate to oh absolutely everybody has a family and you know right. and people that they care about life, and yeah it.
2: absolutely i mean i think even you know the wickedest of men still have like things that are important to them and things that they
0: covet joe before to we go i gotta ask you who's your favorite actor oh i mean if you had or give me a couple
1: okay if, if um want. Pound for pound, I would say as far as movies go, uh Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes.
0: That's mine. <laughs> that too. Is, that is is
2: celebratory. Yes.
1: That dude is hard He's the best. to argue, man. He really is the best. Um,
0: What's I, eating Gilbert grape? You go back that him? far though.
1: You go back to Critters Three. Like oh, Critters 3. <laughs> he was
0: in That it? was
2: his fucking pinnacle. No doubt. <laughs> fucking Critters 3. It's a shame he didn't get an Oscar for that. <laughs> is that the Easter one? I don't know.
1: But you go back to things like, you know, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I'm a huge fan of The Beach. Um, the Beach even is awesome. current stuff. Uh, yep. The Revenant. Um, Have you yeah. seen The Aviator? Oh, yes. Aviators absolutely. I'm a huge Howard Hughes fan to begin with. Yeah. Like, me too. Dude lived a super interesting life. And him playing that role. But even, uh, what was the other one? Um, what was the one with Tom Cruise? Uh, Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You yeah. Can, yeah. Yes. The Departed, even though it was a direct rip of, you know, uh, the Japanese, uh, what was the name of it? Um, shit, what was the name? of? Uh,
0: not about Yakuza?
1: No, yeah, it, no, it was a Japanese movie that they did, The Departed. Um, I can't remember it. I'll figure it out and I'll put it out okay. in the show notes. Um, but him doing that role, I love seeing him in jail, just pumping iron, you know, the dude really, he takes roles that he, he has the ability to do. And he makes you believe he
0: absorbs yeah. it. He's one of the few actors where you forget it's Leonardo DiCaprio playing the role, right. And he sucks you into the role. I think as that's the, the, the best character. actors
2: though, man. Like for me, like I, I, I've been a huge, huge Christian Bale fan for quite a long time. Um, Beautiful. and he's another actor that just like, you know, he immerses himself in that machinist. role. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> to go yeah. from bat, like Batman to the machinist. Like for me, one of my favorite movies of all time is American psycho. Um, just I can watch, that's like one of my, like, I can just put that movie on at any point and just like, I know I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you've read the book. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it which was, is uh, definitely a little bit brain brain more brain. detailed than the movie for sure.
1: Yeah, it was a. Uh, you know what, Bale? Bale is so good. He is so good. Yeah, and I agree. I am a huge. So I know. I don't know if both of you will be able to see this, but I've got my Catwoman tattoo here and my Joker tattoo here. Very cool. I'm a huge DC fan, um, and I love the idea of Batman because everybody always argues like, "Oh, Batman! What what does Batman bring to the table?" And my argument is always that Batman had the ability to do whatever he wanted. Whatever he wanted, and he gave it all up to help other people. I think that's the greatest superpower you could ever have. The yeah. ultimate humanistic story, man. <laughs> the the ability to do whatever you wanted and give it up for everybody else. And I think uh Bale embodied that so beautifully. And, oh you know, The Dark Knight, arguably the greatest superhero movie of all time. Oh, my God. Uh, Love yes. it. 100% love it. It's not even a superhero movie. It is um, you know, Burton brought us into Batman's world whereas Nolan brought Batman into our world. Oh my where God. he was he was part of us. He was who we are. We could see him like that. But Bale, yes, American Psycho, uh The Machinist, absolutely brilliant. His character in The Big Short was unbelievable walking around listening to metal, bet... which I'm a huge metal fan. Oh my god! And <laughs> him just metal. banging, banging master of puppets as he's figuring out all these equations was just absolutely. Amazing. I haven't
2: seen that yet. I need to see that. I have not oh, seen the Big Short. I've been meaning to get on it. Oh, get on man. the Big
1: Short because <laughs> it was a, it was a brilliant tale of everything that happened. I mean, it was it was very real to what happened. But he he's genius. Um, DiCaprio is genius. Uh, Chris Pratt is another one of my favorites. I just think the dude is so charming. I can't Um, I can't not deny him how charming he is. Give me one uh,
0: Chris Pratt recommendation real quick.
1: Parks and Rec. Absolutely. So I just recently went through um, uh, the past two weeks and I I do watch a lot of movies and I watch a lot of TV people. So I watched all seven seasons of Parks and Rec uh, in two weeks. And wow. It was brilliant, yeah. It. it was brilliant. Killing the game, and Chris Pratt though, you know, as Star Lord, I think he's great. Um, on that show though, he's just
0: he's amazing. He's he's just amazing. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Definitely, yes.
1: yeah. Watch I, Parks and Rec. It's I've, on Netflix right now. Absolutely, it is. Yep. Yeah, I,
2: I've I've seen it before, and it's definitely. I haven't wa- I haven't watched all seven seasons, but I've seen quite a bit of it, and uh, it's definitely a lot of fun.
0: Well, what are some of your favorite movies of all time, all time? Because like me, I kind of lean towards movie snob. You know, I'm an Academy Award winning kind of or my not eyes winning, were, My eyes are rolling. But, uh, Academy NPR nominated uh, movies. You know, I like like, you know, obviously. Hey, Eddie
2: needs someone else to tell him a movie. Is all good. right. So give us your movie.
1: top five Academy movies or I should say top five movies.
0: Top five movies of all time. Yeah, I don't even know honest. if I could do that. Well, w- one would probably be Scarface. Okay. Uh, another one of those movies would probably be The Aviator, uh, okay. or, or not. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, Schindler's List, The Godfather, and uh, let me see if I can get a fifth in there. <sighs> let me think. The, the, it's it's almost too hard to pick. Maybe Braveheart, or no, not Braveheart. Gladiator. How about Gladiator from two thousand? Dude, you should my have list would look a lot different. <laughs> you should have stuck yeah. with Brave. I, I was. I saw Gladiator first actually, and I really enjoyed it.
1: Gladiator's is a solid movie. It's yeah. not a bad movie, but uh, Braveheart is definitely
0: Braveheart hurt me because he got his dick chopped off at the end. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> left me Braveheart with a sour note the, at the end. Was, you know what? All those are
1: all good choices, though. The Aviator, uh, no. I think I could argue against for a while. Uh, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. And as far as the um, as far as the Oscars go, I I would probably throw Silence of the Lambs in there. Uh. Never classic, seen it,
0: classic. Never seen it.
1: Never seen it. I've never yeah.
0: seen. It. I don't watch too many movies, unfortunately. Oh.
1: Okay, so you need to stop. Take your headphones off. Okay, yeah, I'm doing it right on, now. I think
0: he's taking his headphones
1: off just to confirm. <laughs> I <laughs> can't says, hear you anymore, <laughs>
0: but that's
2: all right. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll give a play-by-play play of
1: what. <laughs> <laughs> you take me. your headphones off and go watch Silence of the Lambs because it was a contender when nobody thought it would be a contender. Yeah, and oh, it it yeah. was amazing. I've only Confir-
0: heard good things about it
1: um other uh, big Oscars I would say Rocky the first Rocky Ooh, is tremendous yeah unbelievable
0: tremendous.
1: Yes. Unbelievable. tremendous. Uh, Stallone killed it uh Burgess Meredith absolutely phenomenal as Mick um and I'm trying to think other big Oscar stuff that I liked this year I really liked three billboards. oh Outside yeah yeah I
2: was a big fan big uh, fan great
1: movie fan of that and Fargo man. Fargo oh, yeah. is the Coen's at oh, their man. absolute best. Did you like the Fargo show? You know what? I love it. I, I've not been disappointed yet. I,
2: I'm, I have not watched season three all the way through. I only watched like the first three episodes season one. Just, I think just like one of the pinnacle, like just that story that they told in that season is just like absolutely incredible to think that they could take the idea in the, like what Fargo Is and just like encapsulate it, but like change, you know, change the characters, but still have that same type of feeling. I loved, loved season one. I thought season two uh, was almost as good. Not quite as good, uh, but but good. Real close. Um, But yeah, well, like what? Just uh, give me me a top, you know, top five or top three or whatever. Favorite films of all time. Doesn't have to be Oscar anything.
1: Okay. So my, my number one has always been eight's Halloween. Oh my God. Absolutely. The original. Love, love, love Halloween. I've seen that movie probably 150 plus times. Have you seen it in the
2: theater, by the way? I haven't. I got to I got to see it. It played in the ah, theater by me, and yeah, I got to see the Ray original Ray is Halloween. better than you. Right? <laughs> I, I I'm not claiming that at all, but uh, yes, to, to hear that, to hear the Carpenter soundtrack there, to watch those scenes and to watch them on the big screen was just like absolutely just mind blowing. So yes, that would be that would be a contender for my top five. That would not be in my top five, but just it is an undeniable film. You
1: know there's there's two Carpenters in my top five. That is one of them in the thing. Oh my god the thing again more times than i can count i i probably watch the thing once once a month oh my god done that for the last 10 years every every it's never a bad call to watch the thing (laughs) everything about the thing (laughs) yeah everything about the thing is is beyond and, and again, I'm a practical effects guy. I love practical effects. And the first time that dog's face opens up and all the little feelers come out and it sucks up into the ceiling. It's just that is what good filmmaking is. Dude, There's no denying. Dude, the thing is just
2: incredible for me, for Carpenter. And man, I love everything. Everything that Carpenter directed between, you know, whatever, 1970, Five or whatever and you know up into you know probably early 90s uh, but I am just a huge they live fan like I just I love uh, so, they so good live. Movie, yeah. I think it, it's and the, still the
1: scary thing with they live is it becomes more and more relevant every yes, time watch 100% it.
2: And that's the beauty of it and just like the silliness of it i love roddy piper in that movie uh i just love i love everything about that movie so uh so yeah so halloween uh
1: halloween um the thing uh night of the living dead is uh i think a it really is a masterpiece and then there is nothing wrong with that movie everything about that movie is right like note for note romero told us a story that nobody had told us before And the weird thing is, and maybe not a lot of people know, they never use the word zombie. They always call them ghouls. You know, it was always a a ghoul this, a ghoul that. But there is something about that movie when, um, when they turn on the radio and the TV and it's playing in the background. I just love that sound. Like the, the, the it's constantly like we're coming to you upstate from Youngstown, Ohio, and this is happening. Blah 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 blah, and it's happening the entire time. It's brilliant. But Night of the Living Dead, and um, if anyone wants to check out our Instagram, I went with my lady, and we actually went to the Evan City Cemetery and took pictures with the headstone that Barbara is holding onto. Awesome. <laughs> it was it was super rad. Uh, but that movie, I think pound for pound, you could put it up against anything. 100%, and it, it will still come out on top. There is absolutely nothing wrong with Night of the Living Dead. It it's beautiful. So, like so, I have so no so other relevant, word man. to describe it outside of it's beautiful. It is a beautiful telling of a story, and it tells us about our own humanity at the same time. While it's it's a survival story, a bunch of people in a house. Yeah, so hey, that's dude. number three. Um, number four, I gotta say Predator uh, wow. because. <laughs> Holy shit. I love Arnie. Oh, I dude. really love I've been Arnie
2: the 80s, like action movie, like kick. I've been playing this game for PlayStation four called the uh, bro force, where it's all these like eighties action things. And it's kind of like Contra. And so I've been watching like all the, you know, all the commando and uh, all the old Van Damme shit. And I, I love, I oh, love man, my cheese. My brother was
1: such a huge Van Damme fan. Oh my God, man. We, we watched <laughs> Hard target growing oh, up, kickboxer, Bloodsport, oh. but predator, the crazy thing about predator is if you don't watch the first four minutes of the movie, you would never know it was an alien movie. Yeah. You just think like, this is a, and, and Phil and I have argued on the show a bunch of times. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even say argued, but agreed that he lifts up that truck. That's soft dirt in the jungle. Like, there's no way that truck's running <laughs> down the mountainside. And that's what I love about 80s action, is that it was just nonsense.
2: It doesn't fucking matter. It was just amazing.
1: Right. Give me a bunch of nonsense and do that. And then the fifth one, I would have to say the Dark Crystal, man, because I'm such a huge fan of puppeteering, you know, Frank Oz, going back to going back to Star Wars. And, I, man, I love me some Star Wars. I could give you, like, 30 movies that I love, (laughs) Um, but uh, the Dark Crystal is Frank Oz. You know, before we had Lord of the Rings, before we had Harry Potter, this dude created an entire world. He created a universe in itself and told an independent story. And that's what I like is he had the mystics and the Skeksis and he had the Garth him and he had the podlings and he had. All of these different characters that were all a part of this this huge thing that as a kid and i tell people this all the time when they say what's the first horror movie you ever seen and i say it was the dark crystal because it scared the hell out of me
2: there's no arguing that man that's definitely yeah. that is a horror world that was created there no the doubt.
1: Garthim, the garth him terrified me man every time they would come out and they had the the bats and all this stuff and even augra yeah, are gaffling looks like gaffling nerve sticking her eye in people's face like that's really uncomfortable like don't stick your eye in my face i don't want that agra stop it but those um those are ones i mean a- again there's probably a hundred i could go back to but those those five i could turn on anytime, um at any moment in my life and they always bring me joy they always bring me some kind of happiness. And that's, I think, what I'm drawn to film so much for is they, again, they make me feel something. Like, these movies make me feel. I've seen Night of the Living Dead, I, I really mean it when I say 100 plus times. I watch that movie probably once a week. And I just throw it on, I turn it on, I check it out. But it, it evokes something in me, and I think that's what good storytelling does. That's what yes. a good storyteller does, is they make you get outside of yourself and put yourself in a different situation and say, yes, this is a new idea. Are you okay with that? Like, are you okay? Come with me, hold my hand, walk with me while we get into this new space.
0: I'll walk with you. I ain't holding your hand. Though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hold Come his on. fucking hand at <laughs> okay, <damn it>. he <laughs> Hold okay, fine.
1: But those are, uh, those are the ones that do it for me yeah. every time. Um, you know, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, uh, I've told this story, I think, on our show. Maybe not. I haven't told it on our show. But my um, when I was, I want to say, like 13, 12 years old, I convinced my dad to take me into the video store, which me and my dad didn't have the greatest relationship. But I convinced him to take me to the video store and get me a card so I could rent um, this movie, Halloween 6. And i took it home to my mom's house and my mom's house is way out in the woods like surrounded by 10 acres of woods there's no other houses Damn. no other nothing
2: that's and really- it was the evil dead house huh. <laughs> there, was, <Yeah.
1: laughs> there was a huge thunderstorm going on and i remember just sitting like uh cross-legged in the living room and watching that movie and feeling everything like there was this huge storm happening around me and i'm watching michael myers this storm is happening in the movie i'm watching michael myers do his thing and that's what i i wish we could all just i wish we could all feel i honestly feel if people took the time to listen to each other and listen to stories not only in film but in in podcasts and in books and just in everyday where, life whatever the man. Case may be, that's well, that's where we're at man we need to get back to that idea of let's tell each other stories and perpetuate human life in one sense or the other let's do that like let's let's be that together but that was the one that uh and i still love that movie to this day the producer's cut the director's cut doesn't really matter i was gonna ask uh, but but that's it man those are my uh and i know i kind of went on a, a tangent oh no, man
2: no what, awesome awesome stuff man
1: but that's it that's
0: me mm. what about director
1: Ooh, director you know who i really love right now is dennis villeneuve uh, that dude yeah. can really do no wrong in my eyes. Dude, um, I don't know if you guys have seen enemy. Yes.
2: Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, dude. Amazing, that final,
1: ma- tell me was not that final
2: sequence enemy. One of the scariest shit you've ever seen. Dude, that is such a fucking incredible movie. Like, so like for me, like I am a Lynch fucking fanboy. Um, uh, I'm with you. So with like, you. I remember one of the movies that changed my fucking life and it definitely changed me as a film fan was Mulholland drive. I remember distinctly like renting it with my ex-girlfriend. I felt drawn to it. We started to watch it and then she didn't like it. We had to turn it off and like I rented it again and then the same thing happened. And like, I just, I kept renting. It. I think I rented it like four times until I finally watched it. Cause I had to like watch this movie and it just like, it totally just like, like for me what i love is like i love a puzzle i love something that's just like abstract and different and just like right. i'm always put into a scene and i just i don't really understand you know they're not giving me everything and so i have to kind of try to like use my own mind to try to fill in those pieces
1: okay so while i've got you here and i'm going to say spoiler alert so if you don't want to be spoiled go ahead like a couple minutes so in enemy i felt the entire time that the movie was taking place in the mind of someone that we never saw like it was outside of the screen like pull it completely away like jelen hall's character was completely off of the screen and we were seeing the manifestation of these ideas and things in his head
2: so like what i like uh so i actually spent a lot of time i I love like watching a movie and then just like uh delving in so i remember reading a lot of stuff that was like there's like a, a very heavy subtext about like his inability to be able to, um, commit to things and to commit to a relationship. And so I think that that was a lot of that subtext and like the, the weird spider thing there that was like looming over him. Um, but I think that's like the mark of just an amazing movie is just like, there's just all these different layers and different ideas and different like ways that you can interpret things. And like that for me, like, if I named off, like, my favorite movies. Um, Give me top would, five. Go. Uh, so my my top my, – my favorite movie of all time, without a doubt, uh, I have a tattoo right here on my arm, uh, is Alejandro Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain. Um, Very nice. Fucking just completely blew my fucking world away, uh, changed my life, introduced me to so many different ideas and things. And every time I watch it, uh, I get – Uh, Especially as I delve into all these different subjects, I understand more about the film um, and what he was trying to accomplish. So that's that's number one. Uh, Number two, um, I would probably uh, say Possession from 1981 uh, with Sam Neill. Good choice. Uh, Oh, my God. Just another just absolutely incredible movie. So many different layers. Uh, Talk about practical effects and just like shocking fucking scenes. Uh, You know, seeing him like walk in and like see his fucking wife actually fucking this weird creature like after you're just like. You know, you kind of think like she's just going fucking crazy watching the fucking subway scene. Just like I love, like I showed my my buddy that scene. I was just like, you just have to watch this scene and just watch like the greatest like fucking performance by a fucking actress probably of all time. Um, I would say uh, Gaspar Noé's uh, *Enter the Void*. Uh, is another oh, just absolute good fucking favorite, good one. Uh, favorite movie of mine. Uh, I've watched it uh, sober. I've watched it under the influence of different uh, different drugs as well. And you it's just like,
1: that on acid a lot. No <laughs> <I'm up>. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like man,
2: that fucking movie. Like you talk about like scary, and to watch that moment, especially because of the way that it's filmed and like seeing it from like his perspective, and like when he's in that fucking like bathroom stall and he gets shot and he's just like laying there. And just, like, the way that they... Like, he he takes the camera and he just does that, like, fucking, like, spinning shot above him. Like, man, that, to me, is fucking... That is fucking... Okay,
1: so I'm going to throw something out here because I want to get your take on it. Um, This is actually our classic pick of the week, which anyone who listens to our show knows we do every week for next week. But this is one, you know, you mentioned earlier that you used to go into the video store and look at the boxes and things like that. Um, This is one that I wanted to rent for... i I don't know a thousand years but you had to be at least it felt like a thousand years you had to be 17 to rent it and the box art drew me to it every single time it's a movie i've seen again probably 50 times over again what are your thoughts on natural born killers
2: natural born killers Mm -hmm. uh so i own it uh i've watched it uh multiple times and uh i That was definitely another movie that I think that, like, especially at that time, because I saw that movie when it first came out, it was definitely beyond, like, my realm of understanding, and I really liked it, and I think I revisited it later, and I gained a new appreciation for the movie, and, uh, yeah, I I mean just great performances abound and just like a, a a Juliette Lewis, a shocking
1: fucking movie, man.
2: Give me
0: a crazy girlfriend that can fuck four times a day and kill people (laughs) around
1: the fucking country. When he's in that diner eating the key lime pie, Oh, that is such a solid! Everything about that movie is oh such. A it's
0: a really good movie.
1: This is RDJ when he's just still all coked out. This is before we had <laughs> Iron Man. This, the uh, this is the good RDJ. Yeah, yeah. I, you know I love Iron Man, but uh, um, no, that one, that one, man, I remember the box art. It was all white, and it just had Woody's face on it with the glasses, just, and just it was just his glasses Woody. looking down, <laughs> and in yellow letters it said "Natural Born Killers." I wanted it so bad. Yeah, visceral, man pining over that thing okay so um number four what do you got
2: uh i would say uh probably a clockwork orange oh beautiful
1: That's a great movie. i'm I'm assuming you've read the book as well
2: uh actually i have read some of the book but i have not read the book all the way through it's very very dense it's It's very dense can i put that in my top
0: five (laughs) you want to put a clockwork orange in your top (laughs) five why not it was good it was really good
1: It wasn't only really good. That opening sequence is one of my favorite shots of all time. That long draw of Alex and his droogs and when they're in the milk bar and you just get that super long and you got the weird statues all over the place of the the different like solid white ladies. Oh, my God, dude. Everything about that is just chaotic. That movie was crazy.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good
1: yeah and, and nothing ever made me want to not hear singing in the rain as much as i, <laughs> mean, I want to hear singing in the rain but that again that's something that makes you feel like it, and even if it makes you feel disgust it makes you feel that holy mm-hmm. like i i completely feel disgust at what alex and his drugs are doing but that movie as a whole i mean you could pick it apart and talk about the social aspects of it but as a whole, it is just a um, masterpiece. It, it's a masterpiece.
2: Was, it really that is. That going to be it's the really one really that I game. use too, no doubt. It's in my top five. So. All right,
0: yeah. Out is Gladiator. In goes A clock. All right. <laughs> he stole mine of my
2: fucking picks. <laughs> I
0: had to. Uh, <laughs> Number and, five. Hey, wait, wait. Right? Was that nominated at all for an Academy Award? <laughs> or did it win anything? No. No? no. Kubrick no. never won an Academy no. Award. Kubrick did,
2: Kubrick did not get love. That should no. have got at least no. a nomination. No. Um, and number five, uh, I've got to give some Lynch love. It, it's a toss up. It's fucking tough uh, between Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. But Say I,
0: Eraserhead. But,
2: Say uh, Eraserhead. <laughs> I was. I'll, I'll go with the Eraserhead. I'll Beautiful. go with the Eraserhead.
1: You have the poster like, on your you wall. Know I'm I'm with you in that I love Blue Velvet. I really do. And um, I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. Dennis like hopper oh, was terrifying. Oh my god, Blue Velvet. But, like one of the scariest characters ever put on a screen. Like, really made me feel gross in a way I haven't felt gross in a really long time. But Eraserhead is weird. That is Lynch, man. That is Lynch right there. If you're going to show someone
2: something, like, what is David Lynch? Like, here is Eraserhead. Like, watch this fucking movie. Like, why is he floating through space? What is with this weird fucking alien baby thing? Like, what right. is happening? Like, that movie, just like, I remember watching Eraserhead for the first time and just being like, When you talk about a,
1: a lady in the radiator, like is that is that really happening right now
2: and it's just and I love I love about Lynch too that it's like you know tell us what this no I'm not telling you what that means and that's the beauty of his films is just like I can't tell you how gratifying it is when you like when you finally figure something out you know like I remember when I first finally figured out like Mahalan Drive like I was just so fucking excited and uh, that's just the beauty of his films is just like you can watch them over and over and over and over again and there's just all this different subtext and different ideas and just I I just just what an incredible incredible
1: good was Lynch and lucky like just seeing David Lynch as the weird turtle guy like he had that turtle that he was so he was the guy in the restaurant was he yeah! Oh my that, God! That I'm going to revisit. I'm going to re- on,
2: I'm gonna have to revisit that. Are we talking about the same Lucky? Is it about yes, the dude who's a with, writer? Uh,
1: Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton's last movie. Oh! Right.
2: Oh! I've not seen that movie. Oh, that, no. I am thinking of a different Lucky. I am thinking of a movie. No. I'm oh thinking my of goodness, a... my
1: friend! Please, when we're done recording, you need okay. to watch yes. that Harry. All right. Lucky.
2: I am thinking of a completely different Lucky movie. Well, there's a there's a horror movie from like maybe 2005 called Lucky about a writer he's a comic book writer and uh he starts to lose his mind and it's super low budget but it's amazing and you should see it i don't oh, know if it's Ray, as good as that gotta, lucky you
1: gotta get on that harry dean stand it was his last film that he did before he I, died oh it, man it is one of the i think most honest portrayals of the human condition of um, what it means to die 100 he, percent down even at the end of this thing but yes david lynch shows up and he's got a pet turtle and it's oh my god all man. right it's I'm definitely, you know, All right.
2: I mean, speaking right. of that and, uh, you know, dude, did you, did you see season three of twin peaks and what did you think?
1: I, you know what? I was a fan. I, I wasn't mad with what they did. I was a hundred percent on board. I'm a huge twin Peaks fan. I'm a huge oh David God. Lynch fan as a whole. And with what they had, I thought they did a good thing. I'm, I'm not mad at them for what they did. I think that. I
2: think it's going to, as we move along, it's going to become more and more appreciated. I am actually, I need to get the Blu-ray and I need to watch through it again because I remember being so frustrated and so angry at it as I was watching it, especially like those first like eight episodes and like even beyond that. And I'm just like, I want Agent Cooper back, like so fucking bad. And like, you know, I think that that was the brilliance in it is that like, this was like David Lynch's commentary on like, The way that we connect with things and like the way that we have this like, you know, this vision of like the way something was. And, you know, when you take that into the real world and especially like, you know, such like such a great amount of time passes and you see these things that you once loved and you watch them just like changing and getting older and dying. And I think that that was like really like that was the commentary of this new season is like the, you know, this thing is like encapsulated in a certain time. And if you remove it from that and you put it into the now, it it can't possibly be the same. And it can't possibly had he just tried to replicate season one and season two, it wouldn't have worked. But I think that, no,
1: that was, yeah, that was early 90s. That was a different time.
2: Yeah. So, it
1: was, yeah, it was a different time in the world. And I think with what he had, he did a great job.
2: Yeah. And, uh, but what, the reason I mentioned it was the, the log lady episode, like, man, that when you talk about it, like a, especially, you know, knowing that like, she was like literally on her deathbed at that point, And, you know, she died shortly after that. And just like watching that scene and just like seeing him pull away from that house and the light go out, like, man, that to me is just like, that's, that is the beauty of like filmmaking. Um, you know, I, I realize realized it's a TV show, but it's still the same fucking thing. So.
1: That's a long form, long form storytelling. That's why Lynch has always been Lynch. I mean, (laughs) that's why we got uh, David Lynch in the world. Yes. Montana boy. All right, Eddie, top five.
0: Top five? All time? Uh, Eminem, Jay-Z. Oh, oh, no, movies?
1: (laughs) You know what, though? I did get to see, uh, I've seen them a few times, being from Detroit.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask you that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've seen them a few times, and I did get to see Jay Z, Dmx, and the Man and Red Man,
0: which was oh a my awesome goodness! Show. Yeah,
1: it was Method really Man cool. and Red Man. Yeah, Dude. they were good. they were like on wires, like flying over top of the crowd. <laughs> <It was solid. laughs> that, that is was the, awesome.
0: Uh, yes, you know, M I M is the goat. He is the greatest. Oh, for sure, he's really really good. Like when Not he first came mind. in in the uh, late '90s, before the Slim Shady LP. Uh, he was murdering cats on the fucking freestyles, man. So it's just like who's going to step to this corny looking white boy on the fucking mic and nobody can fucking fuck with him. It was fucking incredible, man. Yeah, Jay-Z on his own track? Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, but Eminem man, was so crazy. On his
1: own track, he killed little Wayne on the track. He he's just He's the
0: best who ever did it. Yeah. But you know, uh, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg actually said he refuses to be on a rap song with Eminem because of that. Is you it? know what,
1: though? I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want no track with Eminem. He's going to kill it, man. Right. I wouldn't be on a track with them either yeah. because you're just going to get destroyed. Yeah. You're going to get destroyed. So top five movies, top five movies. Oh. From Eddie Let's hear it. Scarface
0: is probably my number one. Um
1: what is it about Scarface that you love so much? It
0: drew me in from beginning to end. It drew me in from the very beginning of Scarface to when he got off the boat from him working yeah. in that little restaurant to uh, you know him getting with his partner. He had his best friend with him the whole time. And uh, from beginning to end, I, I, I had a, a connection to uh, Tony Montana that I just really didn't want him to die at the end of the movie. I just can't explain it.
1: So, do you think it's that that something or the nothing to something? Like- oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Because we come from similar, not similar, but like I can connect to having nothing. I can't wait to, to see it. And make something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> this mountain of fucking cocaine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Say hello to my love. Oh, I can
0: man. totally picture Eddie doing Final that
1: podcast, he's going to have AK-47 oh, yep. Just Jason, full
0: of fucking Bitcoin and <laughs> Instead of it's time to go to work I'm just going to open the podcast with <sighs> <laughs> yes. Who wants to fuck with Joat? <laughs> Alright, so
1: Scarface number one I can dig that, what's okay. number two?
0: Damn, number two it's hard because I, I have a conglomerate of movies, like it, probably a batch of like 20 or 25 movies.
1: I think those top five, though, are the movies that you would just turn on no matter what no time matter of what it is. If it's on TV, you're going to click it on. Oh. What are those movies?
0: Here's one for you that you might not see coming. Rush Hour 2. Rush I did hour not see to, that coming. I, I'm a <laughs> big fan of. I, I do uh, not understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm a big fan of comedy movies. I, I love going to a movie and just having a good time, having a good laugh, you know, just like just getting it all out, just having a good laugh, walking out of that movie like, man, I had a crappy week this week. But that movie that movie made me feel fucking great and
1: that movie's rush hour 2 yeah. and that movie's <laughs> that rush movie hour is too. like
2: clerks i mean come on
0: <laughs> um let me see i don't know if i put that in my top 5 though but no. uh no. Dumber. dumb and dumber's great that's another movie where you can have a good laugh at and you know jim carrey why do you like
2: rush hour 2 so much over rush hour 1 i can't seen, say that have I'm you a... seen both rush hour no. movies well, then watch I them and get know, back me. to me how about that right. jim
0: carrey makes great movies i i enjoyed the truman show i enjoyed liar liar um Dumb and Dumber is fantastic. Uh, I I do enjoy those. Uh, but a top five, it's hard for me to nail down. It, it really is. Scarface. You're is probably on my the fucking one, chopping
2: though. block. You got to do
1: it.
0: Scarface, okay. Godfather two. Um, I'm trying to think. Crash. I really enjoyed Crash. Crash is a solid movie. Crash. It, that's one of the movies that make you feel. It really makes you feel. Kind of similar to uh, what's that movie with the sunken place with that black dude. That just came out last year. Oh, the Get Out. Get Out. Yeah, it kind of reminds oh, me of yeah. Get Out. With the you ratio. hated Get Out. You hated Get Out. I know, it kind of reminds me of you it. You shouldn't have hated it. Obviously, Crash was way better than Get Out, oh, but okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Let me think. And then uh what one
2: more Oscars actually crash probably did. <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> I think it won best, best picture, but get out of here. But get Cra- get out did win a fucking Oscar. Crash so. is the shit. It
1: shirt. did. It did. And it was solid. Get out was solid.
2: I, I, I actually really, really enjoyed Get Out. I and then that it was, uh let me see. I thought it was fucking brilliant.
0: You know, Rocky might be up there. It Rocky, should be. Yeah, Rocky might be up there. Can't 1975. That movie was ahead of its time. Telling the tale of an athlete. Like similar to Godfather, Rags to Riches. Rocky had nothing. Absolutely nothing. And he he fought for the world championship. So
1: Yeah, he was breaking thumbs.
0: <laughs> In the beginning, yeah, he was. Yeah. So
1: uh, yeah. breaking thumbs, it was and you know what that music though? That's what sells Rocky. Classic man.
0: Oh, dude, the soundtrack? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Rocky probably has pound for pound the best soundtrack. Of any movie out there?
1: Oh, I don't know. I could. I we think talked I talked about Casperia before. Okay, so, I don't so know.
0: pound for pound, and
1: we'll all three go around. And you sticking with that, Eddie? You sticking with Rocky?
0: Yeah, sure. When anytime yeah. I hear that bump da 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 da, oh, da 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 I'm hype. I am hype. I mean, I've,
1: I've got to go. Um, favorite soundtrack of all time: Lost Boys. That cry, little sister. Da shall not fall man good that's you with the saxophone and i still believe (laughs) oh so good the lost boys man they killed it on the soundtrack front
2: man you know what actually uh so i mean i was if we're talking just like purely score is different but uh a movie that i just absolutely love the soundtrack uh of is uh donnie darko
1: oh donnie you know what though that Gary jewels when mad world starts playing and they're doing that panning shot when it just rolls across everybody and you see Patrick Swayze crying, that's intense. Yeah. That is,
2: that was, was, that's another unheralded movie for me and another movie that like, you know, definitely came out and like changed, you know, the type of films that I started to look for, for sure. So, you know, I just remember how, you know, how, uh, unique i thought it was and it is a unique film without a doubt but i you know it just it definitely it harkened to a future version of me that was looking for things that were a lot more dense in that definitely right i uh, had that density that i was looking for um, I, need
1: to go, I find it kind of funny i, I find, find it kind of sad <laughs> oh that shit was so good Dude. So, oh, so good!
2: I, I'm, I'm an right. '80s fucking like new wave fucking post punk fan, so I, I love that fucking soundtrack. Fucking oh, but that Killing man, Moon! Man. Oh man,
1: that's, that Lost Boys gets, gets me every time. Yeah. Even they had that weird uh, cover of "People Are Strange" by the Doors. Oh yeah, yeah, doom, 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 which was doom.
2: actually that was that was Echo and the Bunny Men. Was it really? Yes, that was Echo and the Bunny Men. Yes,
1: it's <sighs> a good soundtrack. It was, it was all right, Killing all Moon, right. right so, think. Eddie, you got two more movies. What do you got for
0: us? Oh, let me give you a. Uh... You know what? I love the 80, Aviator. I love the a, Aviator. Putting I normally there. watch. Put it on there. I normally watch a lot of documentaries, and the type of books that I read are now that I'm older, are more uh, biographies, autobiographies. So to have the uh, the story of Howard Hughes, from pretty much from beginning to end, documented in movie form, uh, was really interesting to me, and, and it really is good. Really, really cool. And
1: I used to like you. <laughs> you, <laughs> none. Of, right. None
2: I'm, of my picks I'm were questioned at me. all. <laughs> <laughs> Your picks have been questioned. Like no, I think the determination has been who has the better movie taste, and it's without a doubt me. Yeah,
1: the Aviator is solid, <laughs> and the Howard Hughes story is good. But keep um, that positivity um, uh,
0: rolling. <laughs> oh oh man! Tough. I see. The thing is, I'm not a huge movie guy. I watch a lot of movies. Okay. I don't. I'm not one of the any. guys that takes pride in like his movie list or whatever. Okay. I mean, well, I have an entire like cinema room. I, so uh, I'll, I'll give you the the fifth one. Will probably be Schindler's List.
1: And okay, so I had this discussion with someone the other day. Is you can't argue against Schindler's List because you seem like an ass. If you That's
0: why against... i said it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: You seem like a horrible human being. Yeah. yeah.
0: You can't argue. It's the Jews, I mean. Bro. I... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love Schindler's List. Well, I mean, what can I say? Thing. When we talk about movies that make you feel something. That- but,
1: okay, but Schindler's List is great, but is it something you will go back to and watch over and over again? It's something I've seen twice, and I
0: don't feel like I ever need oh, to see yeah. it again. You can't watch it that many times cuz you know, it's too long. I will say
2: that my top 5 favorite movies are not the movies that I reach for the most though. Like to me the top 5 like, you know, I cannot watch there's no way I could watch The Holy Mountain every week. Like right. I can right. watch I like I've probably watched The Holy Mountain maybe 10 times and I don't there's no way I could watch it every week. Um, uh, you know, Enter the Void once again, something I could not watch all the time. Um movie the my top five favorite movies are the movies that most viscerally like affected me and right. uh the movies that just like changed, you know who I was in some sort of way. um so but yeah, I mean, you know if I if I had a top five favorite movies I could just fucking put on all the time, it'd be a little bit different, I think than my my top okay, five okay so put it put in th-
0: the show notes Scarface, question. Godfather Two, Crash, The Aviator, and Rush Hour two. And everybody will tell you you're done. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Probably, <but. laughs> that's
1: fine. All right, so, okay, what's um 2018? What's the best movie you've seen so far this year?
0: We'll start with you, Ray. Let's hit it. Oh my God, oh, man! Mine was on Netflix, and it wasn't in 2018. <laughs> um, damn i I've
2: been slacking. I will be honest with you. Um, I don't. I don't even know a movie I saw. I'll in give you mine. I can think of that really
0: blew me away. Mine was Troy, <laughs> and it was in two thousand four. Came out, unfortunately, <laughs> but it was great, and I loved it. I think the I, I know that there's another movie that I've
2: seen since then that I really loved, but a movie that I really really like. I, I I think it actually was last year, but I uh, uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Have you seen? Oh, that, that was yet? a great movie. Uh, that was a movie that just like oh man, I just absolutely fucking love that movie. Uh, making Blair, who was has been in every, all of slaughter the, shit.
1: Um shit. Um, What's-his-face from The Hobbit, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. uh. Elijah Wood. Yes, Elijah
2: Wood. By the way, have you seen the Maniac remake with Elijah Wood in it? Loved it. Oh, my he God.
1: Every minute of oh. it. I thought they absolutely, for a remake,
2: killed it. Blew it fucking away, blew it fucking away. Uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think like what else I've seen. That's just, I know that there's something else that I've seen.
1: So my, um, from this year is a quiet place. Did you see a quiet place? I have not seen it yet. I, and I,
2: you know, I've, I've really, I've been out, I've been like, I've been, I feel distanced from like my obsessive like film watching. And so like, uh, I mean, what, what, what is the, without giving away too much of a quiet place. So, um, there isn't a lot of dialogue or no like no no, how, no, no, no. How, what's a, a big
1: dialogue and it um I mean the whole thing takes place in a world where monsters hunt you when you make sound. So okay. this is one that I was fortunate enough to see it in a theater full of people who are very quiet. Yeah. If you were in a theater with anyone making any kind of noise, it would take away from the experience. You have to be in that quiet place yeah. to enjoy this movie. Yeah. But I've never felt um, – I shouldn't say I've never felt, but I haven't felt tension like that in a long, long time. Like, serious tension. It's not jump scares. It's not – you know, I love Blumhouse, and I love the stuff that they do, but it's always, like, jumpy right in your face, whereas this one was just, like, okay, under your skin crawling. Like, is this going to happen?
2: Is can, that going to happen? I can definitely get done with that. I can say that the the Blumhouse stuff, like – so it's interesting for me as a horror fan – is horror films don't scare me at all. And that, I mean, that's why like to me, like a film like enter the void is so much scarier, irreversible is so much scarier than, you know, you know, fill in the blank Blumhouse uh, movie. Um, those movies like, and just like being confronted with like, you know, like mortality in a really realistic way to me is much more impactful than just like having things jump out at me. So like, even though I always see, uh, those type of movies, um, They're not my favorite at all. Like no, I get that. Definitely not what I uh, what I seek out. Um, But I still see them. I really wish I could remember. I know that they're I know I'm gonna be like I'm gonna kick myself like when the podcast is down and I'm I'm gonna remember something that I saw that was just incredible. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's been some good ones. So and I'm I'm definitely missing out. So I haven't seen Lucky yet. So oh, you gotta check that out, man. I'm telling you, make that your tonight movie to watch. Because Harry Dean Stanton, and I mean, I love the dude. I'm a huge Aliens fan. I'm, I'm a oh, huge man. fan of the whole Alien lore. Uh-huh. Dude, I love the idea of Aliens. The first uh, Alien would dire. definitely
2: fit in my top five list. <laughs> without oh, a doubt. Alien,
1: aliens is the one. And like I said, I mean, I gave you my top five, but there's probably a top 40 that I would just throw on anytime. And Aliens is one of them. Yeah. Because it's just brilliant. But the... Oh man, just the, yes, yes. You need to watch Lucky to see Harry Dean Stanton at the end. Of, I mean, this is a dude who really is at the end of his life portraying a character who's at the end of his life. Like this is, and he's in, um, and we won't get into any religious talk, but he's an atheist and him just kind of coming to terms with right. this everything is... that's happened to him up until this point, just smoking cigarettes, doing crunches every day, <laughs> doing a little bit of yoga, like it's just who he is and it's brilliant. And you got the great David Lynch in there. Oh my god. Right yeah. yeah. I mean you, you gotta watch it, man. It's on you my gotta list watch for it sure. and then send me a message and say, Hey, I watched this movie because it was genius.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely uh, I will definitely check it out. Eddie, do you have a favorite movie that you saw this
0: year? Uh probably Troy. Troy. Uh, Netflix. <laughs> <Right> on Netflix. <laughs> it was it was really good. Like uh, it took me by surprise. I heard that Troy was really good back in the day when it first came out. Never got around to watching it. Uh, just one day, uh, late night Netflix watch, put on Troy, and uh, it was like, it was like a, a mini TV series wrapped up in a movie. It had like thirty minute intervals, six different times, but uh, you know, all wrapped up into one uh, three hour or like two and a half hour, three hour uh, movie. So it was. It was all right. It was pretty good. Troy, I enjoyed it. Yeah,
2: I would say my favorite. You know, for me, actually, I would say uh, the favorite. My favorite thing I probably watched in 2018 um, would probably be. I I think it ended in 2018. uh, Was uh, season three of Mr. Robot. That's my. There you go. Good call. So so. good call. Huge, huge fan of the show. You know, obviously, I love They Live, and I think that Mr. Robot carries that on. It's got the uh, obviously huge, huge Fincher. Uh, connection and uh so yeah i love looking
0: that. forward to that deadpool too right <laughs> okay. like so what's funny.
1: your um what's your biggest uh or most anticipated 2018
0: oh i probably deadpool too you know okay all right Deadpool, yeah, deadpool was hilarious there? you know deadpool was funny and uh that oceans eight might be good oceans eight uh I, i'm a big oceans 11 fan uh, no, it looks all right. They've yeah. gone into the past now. Is that what's going on? I don't know, but it it's says Ocean, Ocean's 8. Oceans 8. <laughs> Is this actually yeah. the eighth
2: film or what? Uh, I would say I actually I do not have one because I am so out of touch and like <laughs> this makes me sounds like such a fucking hipster, but seriously, I'm so out of touch with like mainstream culture and I am so out of touch with like uh, mainstream cinema Um, And I have been for a very, very long time that I don't have a goddamn clue what is coming out. Um, And until it comes out on Netflix or um, some other platform like that, or, you know, if it's on like some, you know, illegal streaming platform that I'm going to watch it on. Um, I, I don't even know what's coming out. So, and, uh, the, I, I am, uh, so like you talked about the beginning of the podcast, like how you can appreciate the big budget stuff. And I can say that I can appreciate a good big budget, like extravaganza because that's what I grew up on. But, uh, for me, man, there's so few of those out there. Uh, the last one that I could think of that just like, man, that fucking nailed it to me was the newest Mad Max. Like that to me was like, um, wow, like this is what a big budget fucking action movie can be um, when helmed by the right person and um, not, you know, not get the balls cut off of it. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't I don't see enough of that. And I'm looking for more of that. Um but yeah, I mean, like I can appreciate, you know, like The Avengers, for example. Um, so the, I mean, the dude that uh, directed that, he directed Slither, which is an amazing fucking movie. Came from Trauma, um, which I love Trauma. Uh, so I mean, I'm I'm super fucking pumped for him that he's he's doing the stuff that he. Uh, I think I follow him on like Instagram or something. Uh, but yeah, it's just not not my not my cup of tea. I will say you're not gonna watch Blockers, Ray. I. Uh, John Cena. I will probably in like, you know, just a completely bored moment. See that that movie, uh, you know, came out, you know, for free (laughs) and I will probably watch it. But uh, it's not on my top anticipated movies. Another
0: top anticipated is uh, the Sicario. uh, Oh, yeah. Sicario 2. There's a Sicario sequel. Oh, Sicario. I don't know if that's in my top five. But that's in my top five for like the last five years, dude. For so sure. the dude that directed Sicario
2: directed uh, another movie recently. Oh man, I gotta look it up. Hold on. Hey
0: Joe, have you seen uh, the NWA movie Straight Outta Compton? Yeah. What'd you think about that?
1: I thought it was really good.
0: I thought it was great. I'm, too. A,
1: I'm a huge old school hip hop fan, early '90s, um, and I thought they, I thought they nailed it.
0: I thought it was – that's another one of those movies that's like an autobiography where it tells you the history. Right, of something. kind
1: of a, a biopic in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed a Straight out of comedy.
2: Oh, dude, I just thought – actually, this came out in 2017, but uh, the new Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> the new Blade Runner.
1: Oh, that was good. Okay. 2049. That's yeah. Dennis Villeneuve, man. Yes, yes.
2: That's my dude. That's my um, dude. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Blade Runner 2049. That That's oh, another I- great example of like – Hey, here is a big budget action movie, but like we just let him do his thing. By the way, he's like said he's never going to direct another like big budget movie like that because you know, Blade Runner just wasn't as successful as it could have been. Uh, but I just I love that you know, that that color saturation and just like man, everything about that movie, just a great humanistic story, too. Um, just fucking incredible.
1: I'm really, really really excited for Halloween this year. I want Halloween to be good. I
0: am, uh, I have... Is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in the new one?
1: Yes. That's what I thought. I
2: have uh, careful hesitation. Um, Apparently, they started screening it, and I saw some, like you know, initial like test marketing stuff where people were not happy with a lot of aspects of it. And that doesn't always mean that it's a bad movie, but it does mean that it's a big budget horror movie or a big budget movie in general, and that they're probably going to change a bunch of things about it um, to try to please the most amount of people. And that's, uh, I want that's it to concern. be good.
1: So bad. So,
2: but yeah, I actually, yeah, the new Halloween is actually, that's gotta be on my list of like most You would think it would be
0: pretty fucking good. 2018. What are they sometime. calling the shape? That's
1: that's what yeah. I want. Like, people yeah. who appreciate
0: the original content. Yeah. Yeah. I'll oh, make it work. They should be able to build the suspense, though, in different type of ways that they... Well, in similar ways that they used to, but add different elements to it now that they have, like, you know, the CGI and the, you know, the fucking... <laughs>
2: Eddie, you're banned from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I want in my Halloween. So I don't need a bunch of pointless gore. I'll give you a bunch of
0: CGI uh, Snickers bars that you can. Oh, my God. Thicker than a on. Snickers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie, 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 Eddie. Well, alrighty, fellows, fellas. We're all coming right. up on, damn, two hours? Yes. I had it a feeling flew, this would
0: fly by. Flew by. Flew we don't by. have enough questions, Ray. You think we got any more questions? Eddie, or, uh... your top five list sucks.
1: Yeah, let's
2: ask Joe 10 more questions. <laughs> We asked almost every question, so
1: and silence. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> I um I cannot thank you enough. Oh, no, thank you, for, thank you, man, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. No, for uh for letting me come on the show. Um, been downloading you and listening to you since. Like I said, I can't remember what the episode was. It was the Matrix, the Juggalos, and the that was
0: early Taco Bell Cantina.
1: Yeah. Yes, the Taco yes. Bell Cantina. That's right. <laughs> get beer at Taco Bell. Because you said that you could, everybody wants Taco Bell when they're drunk.
0: Seriously.
2: Because <laughs> we, when we get off the podcast, we may be going to get tacos. Yeah, we're getting
0: tacos after this.
2: <laughs> and not at Taco, Taco Bell, Bell, though.
1: Man. I feel like the Mexi Mel is so underappreciated. Yeah, oh, the, for sure. It's where it's at. It's quality. That is where it's at. But so, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you, <laughs> thank uh, you, thank you. Hey,
2: uh, why don't you why don't you plug uh, plug you know all your social media, your podcast plug plug away my oh, friend.
1: Yes, yes. So um if you want to check us out you can go to those movieguyspodcast.com. Uh, all the links, to all the social media are on the homepage. Um every episode is on the homepage, current, previous, there's a whole library of past episodes. And like I mentioned earlier, we're just a couple dudes that like to talk about movies and give you a little bit of a little bit of movie knowledge, stuff that's going on in the world of cinema and yeah that's that's who we are man that's that's it those movieguyspodcast.com so so check it out give it a give it a go and see what you think itunes stitcher all of it right like anywhere anywhere you can get a podcast you can find us i i I put the time in to make sure that anywhere you can get a podcast you can find us it took like a a year i feel like to submit the rss to all these different places but i think it's it's all there right now You're the man, Joe. I
2: appreciate coming on, man. Excellent. Thank you so much, Joe. We definitely appreciate it. Um, And as always, thank you guys for listening. We definitely appreciate all of your support. You guys are amazing. And we fucking love you guys.